0: Would mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to Psalm, Psalm 119. Of course, we're in the beginning of our series of Psalm 119. And Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in Psalm, and it is divided up into several different segments. These segments are based off of the Hebrew alphabet. And so using this as our basis, we've divided them up. Remember that Psalm 119 is written as an acrostic, that it may not translate that way into English. But in Hebrew, in the first section, every uh, letter began with Aleph, or the letter A. This week, we're hitting Beth, and so in Hebrew, every, wo- uh, every verse in this section would begin with this letter Beth, which is equivalent to our letter B. And uh, that's why it's broken up in these sections. Remember that the psalmist <laughs> is writing this and pretty much we believe by his testimony in Psalm 119 is that he's the only believer around him. He doesn't have anywhere to go to give him encouragement. And so the psalm is written... Uh, as he is writing it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to help him to live correctly even when no one else is. To help him to live correctly even when he could get away with not living correctly. No one's checking up on him. No one's saying, well, you're going to mess up. In fact, they're tempting him to do wrong. How do you learn how to do what's right when no one's checking on you? How do you know to do what's right when you could get away with doing wrong easily? Well, That happens to be the heart of this section here in Psalm 119, starting at verse number 9. Psalm 119, starting at verse number 9. Notice what it says. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart I have sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart. That I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as all the all riches, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. And if you're the habit of marking things in your Bible, and if you have not already previously, please mark verse number eleven. Psalm one nineteen verse eleven, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The continual problem of man is sin. Without a doubt. That's our problem. That's what Caused us to be separated from God. That's what our old nature is all about is sin. And doing everything opposite of God. Remember what is sin? What defines sin? Well sin is missing the mark. What is the mark? The mark is God's standard of holiness. What God said. What makes anything wrong by the way? God said it was wrong. Think about this. We have in the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not bear false witness. Well, we live in America. Do you know that lying is acceptable? Everyone lies. They lie. and That's why we have to have contracts signed in triplicate nowadays. And that's between Christians. People don't keep their word. Lying is common. We lie to get out of trouble. We lie to get a promotion. We lie to make people think. We exaggerate. Lying is (laughs) commonplace. And so according to society, lying isn't wrong. So what makes lying wrong? Is it what society determines? What makes lying wrong? Because God said it was wrong. God sets the standard. And sin is missing God's mark. Sin is missing God's standard of holiness. That this is what God said. And when we go against what God said, it doesn't matter what society says. We have sinned. We have a lot of things in common. Today... (laughs) It is very common for children to disobey their parents. In fact, may I say that it's even encouraged today yep. for kids to rebel and do whatever they want? Well, we live in a society where kids are allowed to do whatever they want and they're promoted to rebel again. I mean, you watch cartoon shows, Gun for Kids today, and they advertise the, the, the uh, main character disobeying their parent. That you're watching the show, you're watching the thing, and the parents tell them no and they sneak out the window and it's supposed to be applauded. And so our society teaches that you can disobey your parents. So what makes disobeying your parents wrong? Not society. God said it was wrong. So we have to understand God's the one who sets the standard and sin is breaking God's standard. The continual problem of us is sin that we continue to break. God's standard. It becomes easy to break God's standard. So imagine someone today, a teenager. A teenager in a normal society, is it normal for him? Is it expected for him to disobey his parents? Yes. Will he honestly get in trouble for disobeying his parents? Probably not. Society's not going to punish him. Society's going to applaud him. That same teenager, in order to get out of trouble, he lies. Is he really going to be looked down upon? He's probably going to be applauded. So how easy is it for a teenager to sin? Very easy. Because the society around him. So what in the world would keep a teenager from sinning? That's a great question. And that's the heart of what we're doing. So I'm trying to set a picture that here is a psalmist that lives in a society that it is commonplace to do wrong. It is encouraged to do wrong. In fact, he is looked down upon because he wants to do right. What in the world can keep him to do right when nobody cares whether he does right or wrong? Or rather, that they do care that he chooses to do right because he stands out from everyone. What would keep him... From sinning? That's a great question. And by the way, that same thing that would work for him works for us. Notice, if you don't mind, as we dive into here, we see that God's word shall be, should be in our heart. Notice with me in verse number nine, as we just take the context. Wherewith shall a young man, so imagine a teenager. See, I wasn't just making things up. It's the context here. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. How does a teenager decide to do what's right? Because he's deciding to line up according to the Bible. How does a teenager decide that I'm not going to lie when he could get away with it? In fact, he could uh, not get in trouble by lying. By taking heed to the word. By deciding, I'm going to obey what the God says. How does a teenager not follow the crowd and not sneak out of the house and not throw a fit when when his parents tell him no? By taking heed thereto to the word of God. By cleansing himself. Think about everything that a young person is exposed to in today's world. Pornography is everywhere. Everywhere. It's on their cell phones. In fact, I had a police officer. He is not saved. Not a saved police officer. But he was doing a safety function. And someone asked him, at what age should a child be given a cell phone? Now, this is what asked to a police officer who's not saved, doesn't go to church. And he looked at them and said, the time that you want them to start watching pornography. That's how accessible it is today that if you hand a um, cell phone to a child, they immediately now have access to a cell phone or to, to pornography. It is that you can't even, Facebook has pornography all throughout it. It is just accessible. They could just turn on the TV. Think about the influence of television and music upon a young thing. Do the, most of the music that teenagers listen to promote godly living? No. Does the television they watch promote godly living? No. No. In fact, it encourages the opposite. Think about the, um, at school, the things they're exposed to. The cursing, the dirty language, the jokes that the other students are talking about. The jokes of the filthy speech the teachers now often use in class. Then along with it, the immoral lifestyles promoted by the administration. You go to a school today and ungodly lifestyles are just promoted into it. The culture and other young people. Then you mix in the culture's obsession with sex and vile things and things done with a snicker or a smile. Think about it. Our our teenagers are almost at the place where you're like, how do they even have a chance to live godly? How do they do it? By taking heed thereto to the word. The only way that they're going to live a life pleasing the Lord is when they make a choice that I'm going to stick with the Bible. I have to make the choice that I'm going to stick with the Bible. So think about this psalmist. Think about it that I personally believe it's Daniel. So here's Daniel who's been kidnapped. The temple's been destroyed. He's been placed in the court of Nebuchadnezzar. And he can now live however he wants because he's in a different country. He has a different expectation. How is he going to live what's right? How is he going to follow rules that nobody wants to obey when he can get away with it? By following what the Bible says and making a choice to do so. Think about it some more. Verse number 10. It says, With my whole heart... Have I sought thee? Oh, let me not wonder from my commandments. Think about this. Part of the problem, even with professing Christians, is that we don't want to follow God with our whole heart. We're half-hearted about it. Oh, I like the Christianity. I like to be considered a Christian, but I don't want to obey what the Bible says. That's commonplace. Oh, I, I like calling myself a Christian and I, I, I like the, the, the uh, idea that people have a Christians that I'm a good person, but I don't want to go to church. I don't want to read the Bible. It doesn't match up. There's a half-heartedness with it. And with a half-heartedness towards God's commandments, it's going to be a wholeheartedness to embrace the things of the world. We have to go with a whole heart. That's one of the problems that we have. Why is it that Christians can commit adultery? Because they're not following God with a whole heart. Why is it that Christians get in trouble all the time? That we're almost ashamed. Please don't call yourself a Christian. You know, just, we almost have to explain them away. Well, because they don't follow with a whole heart. They play at it. It's no big deal. Uh, there was an old expression of Sunday morning glories. It's a special flower of morning glories that they only bloom in the morning. That's it. And then they they die and go off. You got Sunday morning glories, people that become very good Christians Sunday morning and then they wilt away and you don't see them until maybe next Sunday if you're lucky. just that there's no wholeheartedness there. And that wholeheartedness is going to allow society and the culture to keep you away from following after God. There's a decision that you have to follow God with a wholeheartedness. Seeking the Lord to have their path cleansed requires a Christian to seek God with their whole hearts. A young person who wants to look pleasing to the Lord yet desires and craves the sinfulness of the world is going to be headed for destruction and to ruin. God calls for total commitment. Jesus says quite a bit in the gospel records. He gives this thing. If you do this, you cannot be my disciple. If you do this, you cannot be my disciple. All of those passages deal the idea of making a commitment that I'm going to follow God. There is no half-hearted thing of following after God and be a true Christian. No such thing. No such thing. Notice if you don't mind as it continues on in verse number 11. Thy word is... Have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against thee. How was it that he could say. I'm going to not go to sin against God. What is my prevention? How am I going to. When I come to a decision. To do wrong or to do right. How am I going to choose to do right? Thy word have I hid in my heart. That I might not sin against thee. By the way. That does not happen with a chapter a day. Keeps the devil away. By the way. That's a lie. You have to saturate yourself. You have to memorize scripture. You have to spend more time on scripture than just, well, I showed up at church and heard a good message. You're not going to hide God's word in your heart that way. You have to read it for yourself and you have to on purpose memorize scripture. Why? That I might not sin against thee. It is amazing when you hide God's word in your heart and you come up to a thing and God puts that Bible verse and brings it back to your memory without you thinking about it. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And and then stops right then, and God says, No, thou shalt not bear false witness. I was going to exaggerate, but may, let me tell you the right figure, the right thing. That's a wonderful thing of God's word being hid in our heart. So we won't sin against it. Now remember, here was a teenager living in a world, I'm referring to David or Daniel, but it applies to our world. Here's a teenager that's surrounded by wrong, and none of his peers want to do right. How does he end up doing right in the midst of all that pressure? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It is a purposeful and intentional act that it's preparatory work. He says, in my room right now, where I'm at, at church right here, I'm making a decision that I'm going to hide God's word in my heart. You're not going to memorize scripture when you're in the midst of a moral dilemma. That's when you have to already have it memorized. That's where you already have to have it in here. For those who don't read God's Word at all, how are you going to have the spiritual strength to do something that you want to do, but you know what you shouldn't? Does that make sense? Yes. By the way, why does anyone sin? Because they want to. If sin wasn't fun or enjoyable or give a tiny bit of pleasure, we wouldn't do it. Correct? Mm-hmm. So when your flesh and your body wants to commit sin, what is the only way that's going to stop you? God's word. This is an important thing. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's when the preacher jumps up and down and says, read your Bible every day. And someone rolls their eyes and say, this is stupid and boring. They're hurting themselves. I'm trying to warn them. I'm the best friend you have. But I say, when I'm trying to work with people, memorize scripture, memorize scripture. It's not because I'm some religious zealot that I have nothing. I want you to know God's word and period. I'm saying this is going to help you when you come to those. You need to memorize scripture. You need to have it because when you come face to face, your flesh is not strong enough to overcome. You need God's word behind it. To help you to have the spiritual strength to say no. By the way, this is gun for teenagers. It applies to adults. Do you know that teenagers, I know you may not believe it, our society does, but teenagers can choose to do right. It can happen. A teenager can choose to become pure until marriage. Yes, it can happen. A teenager can choose not to cheat on their test. They could choose not to. And they could choose to do it because they want to do what's right. But it comes by having God's word in their heart. So not only should we have God's word in our heart, but God's word shall be on our lips. God's word should be on our lips. Jesus rightfully said in the gospel record of Matthew chapter 15 to 18, you don't have to turn there, but it says those things that proceed out of the mouth come forth out of the heart. They... And they defile the man. But the things that proceed out of the mouth came forth out of the heart. You guys have all heard the illustration of a sponge, right? That if I take the sponge and squeeze it, what comes out of it is what was in it. So if I squeeze it and dirty, nasty water came out, guess what was in it? If I squeeze it and clean water came out, guess what was in it? You understand when the pressure's on and you get squeezed, what comes out of your mouth is going to be evidence of what was in it. May I give an illustration? Let's say that you're taking a hammer and you hit the wrong nail. You don't have time to process and say, hmm, what should I say to express the pain that I have? Remember, what's in here comes out. If you start cursing and swearing... It's evidence of what was in there in the first place. Do you know that you could get to the place where you put God's word in your heart. That you hit the wrong nail with a hammer. And you could still say God's good and God's still right. And it's not something you planned and you thought about. But it just came out. Because you put the right things into it. God's word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. But notice this in verse number 12. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach my thy statues. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. He says, with my lips I have declared. Not only have I hidden my heart, but I'm also going to allow my lips to say those things that was put into my heart. That's what we want. I want to tell people about this. Now you could be cornered sometime. Hey, why didn't you lie? Well, let me tell you why. Because I decided to follow after the Lord. Why, why didn't you give in to this temptation here? Well, let me tell you why I wanted to be pleasing to the Lord. We can be able to explain our actions. I want to be pleasing to the Lord. The world may not understand that answer. Yeah, they... Notice if you don't mind in verse number 14. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies. Notice this. As much as as in all riches. Think about this. He said, I rejoice in God's word as much in all riches. Could that be said of you? Does reading the Bible and hearing preaching cause you to rejoice? Good. I'm glad some people said Amen. I want to put up cameras facing the crowd to see which one of you that's true and which ones are not. Coming up here, I get all kinds of expressions. The rolling of the eyes. Crossing of the arms. The playing of the cell phone. The nodding off. Those are the ones really rejoicing in God's word, right? Do you rejoice in it? But notice is the comparison. Do you rejoice in it more than all riches? Do you rejoice having God's word better than getting a paycheck? <gasps> Do you rejoice in, uh, in God's word more than getting to buy something at the store? Now, you understand that the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians that the preaching of God's word is foolishness. I preach like this and there are people who have no desire for God's word that says, what in the world is this nonsense? Yes. Do you love God's word more than paying off a bill? Again, if that's not true, may I say that there's something wrong? Because God's people should love God's word. And if you don't love God's word, there's something wrong. The psalmist said, I have to keep my heart from sinning in a society that tells me I should sin and looks down on me if I don't sin. Do you know that's true? That we have a society today where by age 13 now, most teenagers have attempted some sexual act. By age 13 now. How, how do you get to the place where Where if you haven't committed a sexual act, you've decided to stay pure. And the rest of your classmates look down on you. How do you keep that pressure? I mean, that's a lot of pressure. By taking heed to God's word. Hiding God's word in my heart. You understand there's a lot of pressure on people today. Teenagers especially, but it goes throughout society. The pressure is to sin. The pressure is not to live the Lord. You could call yourself a Christian all you want. Just don't act like one. Don't behave like one. How do you stay pure? How do you live right with that much pressure? Now, I understand, but uh, where we're at, we're a minority. Preaching like this doesn't fly. If I posted this on Facebook, I'd get beat up if this get posted on YouTube, I'd get beat up. The comments would be they're like, you old foggy people up there, you're just limiting people. No, I'm trying to give you freedom. Sin puts you in bondage. Mm -hmm. Bible gives us freedom and liberty. The freedom to follow after God's will, the freedom to enjoy life without alcohol. Amen. I passed a Church, and I'm not going to tell you which church in Green Bay. They're having gearing up for their picnic, and they had the beer truck already parked in there, ready to go. Oh, it is so common. It is just crazy. How do you how do you keep how do you keep from doing what's wrong in a society that's telling you to do wrong? The only way is by taking God's word at your heart. Do you rejoice in God's word? Is it something you crave? Is it? you say well sure I crave it wonderful I'll see you Sunday night Amen. see you Wednesday night what why not is it something you crave is it something you desire (laughs) it should be on our lips and the only way that it's going to be in our lips is if it's so deep down into us that it's what we desire it's what we want and it just comes out of us we rejoice in it It's wonderful I to have people to say, man, I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to read my Bible. I can't wait to see what God's going to do to me. Some of you may have saw it. I posted something earlier. But, and this is commonplace, having some lady saying, I've been listening for God's still small voice. I've been waiting for God to speak, and I haven't been able to hear it. And then she found her dusty Bible and said, maybe I should read. That's how you're going to hear God's still small voice. It's by reading God's word. One more thing. God's word should be on our minds. God's word shall be in our minds. Notice with me verse 15. I will meditate in all thy precepts and have respect to thy ways. Notice that word meditate. The word meditate comes from the same word as a cud. Like a cow chewing a cud. So a cow because of the way that it eats and processes will eat some grass. Then it will chew on the grass for a while and then it will swallow it into one of its stomachs. A little bit later it will kick back up that fragment which is now called a cud and it will chew on it some more swallow it and a little bit later it'll bring it back up that same phraseology is the word meditate that you take some scripture maybe you heard it in the preaching maybe you read it in your bible reading and you said I'm going to meditate upon it and so you get to the place okay I got to go to work so you got to clear your mind but when you got some free time you bring it back up chew on it meditate some more now think about this all of us have dead time what do you do with that dead time think about your favorite tv show think about the video game you've been playing thinking about the flowers and roses why not use it to think about something of god's word that's the idea meditate is using that free time you know think about the time that you have what is it that you use your brain power to think about You think about God's word. Think about the stories of the Bible. Think about a principle you learn. That's what we should do. How do we get it in our heart? How do we get it to come out of our lips? By thinking upon it. Again, it's not the idea, well, I read my Bible. That means I touched my eyes on every word of the page and closed it. You're not going to have anything to meditate on. You're just doing a checklist. Just getting it done. Preacher's going to ask me if I read my Bible, so I better just get it done. No. I'm reading it to try to get into it. I'm trying to find something. I'm rejoicing it. Lord, show me something. Open my eyes that I may behold some wondrous thing from thy law. I want to see something from you. I want you to show me something. I want to have something to think about and meditate and ruminate over it and let it marinate. mull it over. I want some good thought today that I could think about. I want some story today that I could think about. Are you using your time to meditate? To think about it or as soon as Sunday morning is over you walk outside put your foot in the door and everything you just had is gone and you're rejoicing it's gone Woohoo! I'm done with church I've checked this off I've done my checkbox for today now I could start the rest of my week we know a lot of people think that preacher needs to shut up because we're enduring to the end or is it the type of thing I want to get some more I want to hear some more notice if you don't mind verse number 16 I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Notice this. Not only do we need to meditate on it, but we need to delight in it. Once again, it's bringing this up. Do you rejoice in it? Do you rejoice in it more than all the riches? Do you delight in God's word? Is it something you want to hear? Or is it, oh, boring. Even now I wish I had cameras. <laughs> there's no use of reading God's Word if you're just going to immediately forget it. Is it. something you want. So the prevention of sin in our lives includes having our mind filled with the Word of God. So that way there's no room for sinful thoughts to enter. Let's go back to the young man. We live in a pornographic age. It is very hard to think about pornography that you saw when you're saying, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in me. Those two thoughts can't occupy the same space. It is very hard to think about cheating on your taxes when you're thinking about the goodness of God and how good he's been to you and how he's provided for you. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult to lie to your teacher or to a biblical authority When you're thinking about how honest God has been to you. So what is the prevention of sin? Now I understand that the church is a hospital. And we try to help people with the consequences of sin. But we've all heard that prevention is worth a pound of cure. I messed up that thing. But you understand what I'm going to. That we're supposed to prevention is better. I'd rather prevent you from going into a life of sin. I'd rather prevent you from having the chains and the bondage of the consequences of sin. And how does it start? By having God's word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. five three zero six three oh eight once again that number is nine two zero five three oh six three oh eight if there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you please let us know we would love to make ourselves available thank you